Finnish approach to happiness is not about the things you own. It's about the things you do. American may one might be that you are kind of blackmailing with sex. Don't you, the ladies, don't you want to have sex? You, you're making also yourself wait. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Beyond Borders podcast, where I sit down weekly with guests from all around the world to chat culture, dating, and human experiences. So join in and let's break down those barriers together. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of my podcast. Today, I'm super excited to chat to Varpu from Finland. Varpu runs an Instagram page and a YouTube page called Her Finland, where she showcases Finnish culture and teaches Finnish language. She and I met in October when I was in Helsinki filming a singles guide to Finland, and we instantly bonded. We had such an incredible conversation about the intricacies of Finnish culture that I wanted to keep talking. So as soon as I decided to launch my podcast, she was the first person I instantly texted about this interview. So without further ado, welcome Varpu. I'm super excited to continue our conversation today and talk more about Finnish culture. Thank you so much, Marina. I am so happy and excited to be here. And it's so lovely to see you. I love it that you say my name like Marina. Mm-hmm. Is that is that the Finnish version of it? That's the Finnish version, Marina. Oh, nice. It's it's very similar to the one in Russian, which is Marina. Yes. Marina. Interesting. Okay. And how do you say your name in Finnish, actually? Because I feel like I'm getting it wrong. You're you're saying it really nicely. It's Varpu. Okay. You're just being nice because I said it completely differently. <laughs> no, it can be like Varpu or something like this. So don't worry. You were perfect. I'm sure Americans get it wrong all the time. They'll they'll call you like Varpu, Varpu. My American friends have a lovely nickname to me. I'm Varps or Varps. Varps. That's a really cute, cute way. That At least it cute. sounds very cute to me. That is very cute. Okay, so let's get right into it. So first of all, tell you know, tell us something about yourself. Uh, where were you born in Finland? Where did you grow up? Do you live? in Finland at the moment? Yes, I'd love to uh, tell a bit about myself. I was born in Kuhmoinen, which is a tiny, tiny village of less than 3,000 people in in central Finland. And I grew there uh, next, to a fa- next to farms, next to cows and chicken. And yeah, I'm a country girl, countryside girl by heart. Now I live in Lahti with my family. Lahti is one hour away from Helsinki, so I work all around Finland, but commute to Helsinki quite often due to all of my work relating to her Finland. It's so interesting to meet someone who's born on a farm, but I, does it? Do you find that you prefer the quiet life to like the city life? That's a great question. I do feel that I am more myself when I'm in nature but it is true that in Finland in every city in Finland it's still a very nature-oriented lifestyle the forests are uh, the minimum is like 10 minutes away even in Helsinki that you're able to just go and be in a real forest not some park so I do think that it's it's okay in a city but I do have to say that I do wish to return to the countryside in some years maybe so that's interesting because okay so finland 
keeps winning the title of the happiest nation in the world. And it's the sixth year, correct? Yes. So <laughs> congratulations, Finland. Thank you. <laughs> First of all. Um, and I also saw your Instagram post about, um, I think you were at a cottage and you were kind of promoting this, this idea that, okay, this is, you know, Finland is, but we do enjoy these kind of simple, cozy things. So do you think that has something to do with, you know, the idea of the Finns as being the happiest people? Do First of all, do you believe in this title? I do believe in, the, in this title, but I do understand why there are mixed emotions when it comes to the title here in Finland. I think, well, first to explain a little bit, the, the idea of happiness in Finland Uh, there is a very famous and old saying that if you have happiness, you must hide it. So one should not boast about their happiness because it could be so that life takes it away. So there is a bit of like superstitious uh, side of things, even to say that, oh, okay, I'm so happy. You should just be um, silent and um, happy <laughs> in peace, in privacy. <laughs> Um, but with, when it comes to this uh, particular title, there are uh, criterium, uh, criteria, I think is the correct way, um, there behind it. And I think we have won the title because there are so many factors when it comes to uh, the social, societal uh, welfare and the tightness of the society. And of course, there's one element that is connected to the nature as well. But there are a lot of um, factors weighing into that title. Now, as we go to that um, topic of how nature is a part of the happiness, um, I think it's a bit broader to that. I think the Finnish approach to happiness is not about the things you own, but it's about the things you do. So it is a way of life in that way. And it's about those small things. Being happy in Finland, is it's not that people are smiling all around and being very talkative to their, to their neighbors, but it's more about being content and being grateful for what you have in life right now. Do you find yourself a happy person generally? Yes. I do. And I am a very smiley one. <laughs> you are. Do you find yourself as happy when it's January or February? No, I don't. <laughs> so there is definitely um, a winter and a summer mode to Finnish people. And I think everybody who has visited Finland in the wintertime and then in summertime can see the difference. And I do think that even as we grow older, it's even bigger, that difference, as At least I am feeling it. As I'm getting older, I can I can feel that the the hibernation time. I just want to be a bear and go to have my winter sleep and then come back in the springtime. Do you think the idea that um, Finns are not really happy is more that they're content? Do you think there's some truth to that? It really comes how you want to. What's the definition of happiness? I do really appreciate the Finnish definition of happiness because it's very far from being successful. We have two different, totally different words. For example, if we think about successfulness, uh, it, it comes to the material things. And when we are observing just the happiness word in Finnish, onnellisuus, it really is more abstract and it really comes 
to your soul and to your heart and to those things that you really cannot measure with money. Hmm. What do you do to stay happy even when it's the winter? Or yeah. do you are you just kind of depressed in the winter and then <laughs> you just you just watch a lot of movies? Actually, and that's interesting because every time I, I look at not just at the Finnish way of life, but at the Nordic way of life, like I just see there is this girl, she lives in Svalbards and she's uh, very famous. I know her. She's great. <laughs> And and on basically all her posts are I'm enjoying the winter so much and but all she does is watch movies and she makes the place cozy, and and then you're right like she kind of hibernates through it right. So is that what you do in the winter? Uh, well, we are super active here in Finland during the winter season. We do a lot of winter sports, and I think when the when the weather is good, everybody is outdoors enjoying the winter weather. But it is true that we try to make the most of it with like twinkly lights and candles and uh, burning logs in the fireplace and and all, enjoying all those games and movies. That being said. Um, When it comes for me, it's it's very particular or it depends on a person how the winter and how the darkness affects to you. For me, kind of my hardest point every year is early spring because that's the time of year when I feel that the snow has melted, everything is very dark, everything is very brown and the sun just hits up so, so light. It's... It's so bright, it burns through your skull and you're still in the hibernating mode. So that's, for me, it's the most struggle when I think about the times of the year. It's not so much struggle for me, for example, in November or December when it's actually way darker because that's when, where we have a party season, season here in Finland. There's a lot of activities going on and of course there's Christmas coming up. Interesting. Interesting. I thought it would be like November. That would be the hardest season or the hardest uh, month, but it's and spring the, actually. And this depends. I I feel that some of my friends and my husband, uh, they all dislike November. That's the hardest month for them. So it varies. Okay. And what do you think is something that's uniquely Finnish in your opinion? So we talked about the idea of Sisu, which I actually mm -hmm. want to talk a little bit about again. That is definitely uh, something that is very unique in a way that I believe that every person on the planet has Sisu, but we are very fortunate to have a power word to describe it so we can really use it in everyday life. And what Sisu means is that you just keep on going, even though something feels hard, you just keep on pushing. And it's not a place that you are constantly in. It's a place where you visit. So when you need that extra oomph, then you tap into your Sisu. Interesting. And are there any other Finnish terms that foreigners might be surprised to learn? Well, sauna. Uh, is of course a very Finnish word and that's something that we are very proud of and I'm really uh, very into it personally. I love how it's been a very like a health spa for Finnish people throughout centuries. It's not a luxurious thing in Finland at all. It's a necessity and it really also gives you a physical place to calm down and to get disconnected 
from a busy lifestyle that, for example, many of us are living at the moment. How often do you go to the sauna yourself? I go once a week, but I know many people who go every day. Every day? Every in, day. In the winter or in the summer as well? Well, especially in the winter time. But I do have to say now that we had uh, electricity so high up, everybody was dis- decreasing their sauna sauna uh, times uh, to save electricity if they, are, if, if they have electrical saunas. Interesting. And do you have, so there is, um, you know, there's this one thing when I was in Finland, which is different from us because we also have, I have a sauna in my building. Mm-hmm. What was different about Finnish sauna besides many things, we cannot pour water on our rocks in the sauna. <laughs> I had a friend and she was like, we should pour water on it. You know, this is the way you do it. And I said, no, you can't actually, it's electric, it's electrical. You're going to get, uh, you're going to start a fire. So you can't. Um, so it's quite a different sauna, but the other difference is that you don't have to book it. Whereas in Finland, there's a process of booking the sauna in advance, right? Yes. If you live in an apartment, building and you don't have your own uh, sauna in your apartment then we book your you book your your sauna slot but there tends to be a general uh, women's and men's turn uh, weekly and it's called lenki sauna which means that uh, you go on a walk and then you go to this sauna and that's free for all and is there a rule that you should be nude in the Finnish sauna Well, uh, we actually kind of do because you can see no swimming suit signs in public saunas. Uh, saunas that are in uh, swimming um, facilities, for example, they are always um, so that there's one for men and one for women. And then among your same sex, you are nude in, your, in the sauna. And it's Men and women separate, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so it's not like you you wouldn't see each other naked in the same sauna, or are there mixed saunas as well? There can be, but then it's it's uh, displayed in a in a sign that people do know that it's mixed, and then you do go uh, with your sw- swimming suits on. What do you think is something that uh, would surprise a foreigner when they come to Finland? Obviously, the the nudity in the sauna is one of them. Is there anything else? (laughs) Yes, this is uh, something I asked recently from my community. And there were so many wonderful um, things that have surprised surprised my community. So I'd love to share uh, some. Um, So for example, how much Finns love to recycle? We recycle pretty much everything here. We're very particular on it. If you put wrong things in a wrong canister, we will give you a snappy note. And then <laughs> another thing is that many Finns uh, drink milk with their meals. This is very popular, for example, during lunch breaks. Um, then something that is often regarded as weird is that we seldomly say hi to strangers. And we avoid eye contact when we are uh, walking on the street. So that is something that doesn't come naturally with Finns. It's very interesting when I was in Finland, like, uh, and I think I shared this to you when when I arrived, but obviously I arrived from Greece. So even even more of like a cult- culture shock. 
And I just remember getting to the Helsinki airport and it was the quietest place I've seen. Like that was the quietest airport I've ever been in. Finns, they just like, they stood kind of far from each other. Everybody was minding their own business. Nobody was looking at each other. And then I just remember going to the supermarket and it was the same kind of feeling. That's But so I, true. So, so, so interesting, you know, like they, they almost seemed scared of talking to people or maybe they were on there were in their own headspace or they were just not used to it but whenever I spoke English to them I I you know being like a foreigner I would mm -hmm. just come up and say like oh what does this mean what is that and they would get so excited and like it was just so funny to see like the expression on their faces when you would ask them a question they'd be like yeah oh okay yeah let me show you and all of a sudden they would come to life there was this guy at the cash register I remember just speaking mm -hmm. English, English to him and he was like oh He was, and, and, and the funny thing is before I did that, he looked like he was just dying. Like he, he looked like he had no energy left in him. But as soon as I spoke English, he just like came to life and he was like, here's your 90 cents. And it was, he seemed so proud of just saying, here's your 90 cents. He was like so excited about it. Like it felt like he, he craved like a little, little bit of human mm -hmm. interaction, but mm -hmm. it's just that I think once you get into that mode of don't smile, don't look at people, it, you know, you stay that way. It's so true and that is one thing that is very uniquely Finnish and um, it is basically that bothering other people is not a good thing in the Finnish mindset. So we do know that it's not how all, all nations or all cultures work. So I think everybody must be very excited that they can break this rule when there's an international there next to you. But basically what it means is that we culturally we want to give everybody their space to be in their own thoughts. Uh, so you don't, there's a very high threshold to really bother someone you don't know. That's yeah, that's 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 a great point that it's it's all about giving space to one another. Right. Because mm -hmm. in U.S. or in Canada, um, you know, whenever I take the elevator with someone, it's always like, hi, how are you? Oh, good. Oh, the weather is great outside. Yeah, it wasn't so great last week. And it's just kind of the small talk, small talk, small talk. But I can tell when someone's not from here, like there mm -hmm. are a lot of Ukrainians right now in Canada. Mm -hmm. And so when I take an elevator with a Ukrainian person right away, like I know this is not the culture, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to make small talk. So I just leave them alone. Um, and and I... it's a polite thing in Finnish mm -hmm. culture. It's a polite thing not to bother. But I do think it is, uh, this is more um, visible in the relationships between Finns themselves. But we do know how to switch from it when there are internationals uh, there because of course everybody wants to kind of it's a different vibe to be with someone who is talkative and bubbly and then we also especially in the summertime we get really much energy out of it do you feel like most of the fans are you can only speak about yourself do you feel like you miss a little bit of that human interaction on a day-to-day -day basis do you want people to leave you alone or would you rather they actually talk to you I, that's a really good question. And honestly, as I'm born and raised in Finland, I do like, I don't miss anything in that sense that I would love people to say hello to me. I love just being on my own thoughts. So you're just like, leave me alone, please. 
<laughs> yeah, with my resting bitch face. <laughs> I mean, I can agree with that. You know, having like a small talk a lot of times, it's just you get into the elevator here in Canada and just think like, please don't start talking to me. Like, you, it's not that you want to have a conversation with someone. But, you know, sometimes by the end of it, if it was like a quality conversation, mm-hmm. then you kind of leave the elevator with a really good feeling about your day. Yes, and that we don't experience in Finland. So we don't get that positive rush, I have to say. And that is something I have sometimes experienced uh, abroad. And maybe that is something that we should appreciate and think about more in these uh, encounters. But on the positive note, it is really a nice talent to be silent in communal spaces. And that, I think, gives that overall peaceful and quiet atmosphere in Finland. Yeah, and and as I think as we talked about it, there's no need to fill up the space with chatter if you have nothing to say, right? It just, it feels very meaningless as well. Exactly. This is one of the kind of basic hidden rules in Finnish communications, that if you don't have anything that adds value to the conversation, you will just shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Just be quiet. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so let's talk about one of the hardest things to do in Finland, which is making friends. Mm-hmm. Um, we touched upon it in the video, obviously, but I'd like to talk a little bit more about it because, you know, for anyone that's listening to this, part of the reason they probably tuned in is because they're in Finland and they don't understand the culture and they don't know how to go about making friends. Yes. So if you are at a Finnish workplace, I would definitely suggest to take full advantage of the coffee breaks and lunch breaks and just squeeze yourself in. You really have to be proactive uh, in building friendships in Finland. Um, I I have relocated inside Finland um, back in the years and when I for example, came to my current hometown of Lahti, I really had to push myself towards some of the uh, some of the kind of acquaintances that I um, found at work and thought that, okay, maybe we could click as as friends. And then I was like pushing myself, really throwing myself and suggesting things to really show that I, I'm here to stay and I really want to get to know you and ask a lot of questions. So you really need to be prepared to ask a ton of questions. And that is how you little by little start making that with a rapport. So you, even as a Finn, had trouble making friends in Finland. I I do feel that before I had a child, that was um, harder for me in my 20s um, as as someone who was just uh, new in their career and just on a different city. It was a bit challenging, but I have to say kids are such great icebreakers. I've met a ton of wonderful friends I have now through my child. That's just amazing. I'm, and one of the perks that I'd never thought er, like before. So the number one rule for anyone who's listening is um, get a child. <laughs> oh my God. Get, or get a pet, get a dog. That's, get a dog. That's another one. <laughs> that's a little bit more doable. Um, yeah, get a dog. Get something that can be a conversation starter. No, but and and also kind of make the most out of your school or work settings and make the most out of your hobbies you really 
if you have any uh, passion for any kind of group activity, you should really go for it. Join a volley volleyball team or any kind of that kind of uh, sports or thing that there is a group of people. That's how you really make friends easily. Yeah, it's so interesting. And I and I think it's not just when it comes to Finland, but when you look at all the Nordic countries, there's such a huge association culture, they call it. Um, like if you want to, you know, make friends, it's not that you can do that spontaneously. It's like, no, no, there's actual things that you can do to make that progress a little bit smoother, which is, you know, joining groups like choir, they say, and um, and all sorts of sports and, and stuff like that. Exactly. And one thing that is good to know that many Finnish people like to really organize their life. So when you're suggesting a kind of date or, or a kind of coffee coffee break together, let's say, um, after school or work, make like a one week of gap for the suggested date. They might not be so spontaneous. So that's something that really stands out very easily. Is there, you know, I, I feel like, um, and I don't know if this is true for Finland, but I know, for example, in, in, in countries like Sweden, the big thing is that people make friends when they're in elementary school. And that's kind of one of the reasons why it's so hard to crack into that already formed circle. Is it the same in Finland? At least for me and my Finns that I have in my bubble, I don't think it is so that everybody is holding on to their elementary friends. I do think that Finnish people make friendships along as they grow and move on with their lives. So I, I do think there is a potential there for everyone to make a Finnish friend. One more tip. When it comes to kind of suggesting those one-to-one times for you to really bond with that fellow Finn, uh, I would also argue to find some kind of sporting angle because Finns love to be effective and you have only so little time in a day. So if you're able to do that building a friendship and doing an activity, let's say running or walking or going kayaking or whatever, then they are more likely to say yes to your suggestion. Also, it's easier to do that conversation with a Finn who is a little bit of scared with your eye contact and uh, kind of if you if you suggest a coffee uh, date uh, as a friendly way it still might be shocking to a fellow Finn and you should also know that a coffee date can actually mean a proper date in the Finnish culture do you have a do you have a name for coffee dates like I know Sweden they call them fikas do you have yes like uh, it's basically just like mennäänkö uh, kahville it can mean, uh, really, do you want to go to grab a coffee and also to actually have a date in a romantic way or just that uh, non-romantic way to have a coffee? Same sentence. So basically, lessen the pressure on the person that you're trying to become friends with and just have like the conversation be a byproduct of whatever else that you're doing, right? So Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Uh, I've seen this teenager uh, advice that if you are a parent of a teenager, you should talk to them in a car when you're not looking at each other and just like driving and then the conversation comes easier. That's basically the same rules apply when you are trying to make a friend from a Finn. Let's talk about the Finnish communication. That was super fascinating when I was in Finland and we talked about uh, the American way versus the Finnish way and how that's different. 
Yes. So one of the key differences is definitely that we in Finland, we wait for the other person to stop completely, like a full stop. And then we continue. And in some other cultures, we don't wait for our turn. We just kind of, it's like a tennis match. We, we go immediately or even we go on top of our, our other's voices. So that is something you should know. And then the other thing is definitely that, that you can have silent pauses together. You can have even long pauses together. And it doesn't mean that the Finn is feeling awkward at all. Of course they can, but you probably wouldn't know from their facial expressions when they're feeling awkward or just being neutral or, or happy, even uh, super relaxed in your company. And then the third thing is that um, you should always bring value or in, in, fin in the Finnish way of communication, we always try to bring a new thought into the matter. We assume much from our conversation partner. So that also may be one reason why the communication is so short, because we assume that you know a lot. We are not taking something and explaining it from mile long distance and then coming back to the matter we kind of just say the matter and stop D is it weird when you're talking to a foreigner that's just keeps going on and on and on and you know there is for us um it's silence is so uncomfortable and so like if it's quiet you just keep talking just so it's not quiet so if you're hanging out with a foreigner do you just find that kind of annoying I don't find it annoying but I do feel that I'm feeling very unpolite as I understand at some point that, okay, maybe this person is from a culture that I need to talk on top of their voice. And that makes me really uncomfortable because I'm always second guessing that tiny second that are they going to stop or are they going to raise their voice? And then I'm like, mm, I don't know. Did I make, a, make them awkward as well? So that is, that is a weird feeling for me. So unless they stop talking, you're like, I, should I say something? Should I just, what should I do? Exactly. And it's also uh, in some other cultures, you're able to do that noise, uh, like mm -hmm, go on, like when you, when the other person is talking, but I'm not able to do that at all. Maybe that's a personal thing. I can nod as you are explaining things, but it's really hard for me to make any sound when you are talking. So for anyone that's sitting at home and they're like, I know nothing about how Finns live. Can you kind of give us the, the rundown and how does your day look like? How does this Finnish person's day look like? I know you don't represent the whole of Finland, but it would be actually very interesting for me to hear this as well. Exactly. I am just like deer in a headlights trying to... <laughs> trying to describe everybody's day here in in Finland but um, let's talk about some main things we live close by to the nature but there is one thing that pretty much every Finn loves and that is the cabin so the cabin which is a lakeside small cottage or it could be even a year-long like villa you can stay in any any weather even when it's minus 30 celsius uh, that is kind of the place that everybody wants to have and to recharge and then when it comes to those normal days though 
usually for office people, it's from Monday to Friday. And then, of course, there are work that needs to be done in shifts and then the rhythm varies. But what is really cool about Finland is that the work-life balance is very, uh, it's amazing. I worked in several other European countries and in Finland, it's one of the huge perks that we have here. So basically when your day ends, then you don't think about your work. You go home, you typically have a very early dinner we Finns sometimes have dinner at f- at five o'clock, and then we do our hobbies. We are outdoors. We do sports. We hang out with our families, our friends, or chill. Um, so that is one of the cool things. And you don't get any points for staying late in Finland. That means that you are not managing your time well. Your manager w- will be uh, like taking that into discussion and asking if you are okay. And most Finns enjoy, uh, who are working, enjoy at least five weeks of annual vacation, which is paid. Look at that, Americans. Americans get two weeks. Um, so what what is what time would you finish like your job usually? Yes, yeah, so around four to five. And I have to say that sick leave is always also not taken out of your vacation time. So that's separate and also paid in most of most of the cases. So that's great because that kind of sheds a whole new light on the idea of Finns being the happiest. I'm always so, mm, I would say I don't believe the statistics. I'm like, Finns are the happiest. They're not smiling. They don't <laughs> look super not. happy. Like, really? <laughs> Why don't you give it to Brazil? You know, but I think the idea is that when you when you look at the the, the style of life, right, as you said, it's not a race to get more, more, more. It's not a status race. Um, which is how it is more in North America and in, in a lot of countries, right? It's like, you you know, are you done with your job? But you should stay overtime and you should do more work and you should become the CEO and then you should climb the ladder. And then I don't know how it works, as you can tell. Like, I, I don't climb the ladder, but I, I can feel it as well. We're when on I'm- the ladder. Just kidding. <laughs> We're hanging off the, of the ladder. <laughs> Even my microphone did a flip. I like for me, a lot of times when I'm in North America, like in Canada, I definitely feel this pressure to just work. Like when you talk to people, you say, how are you? Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so tired. And it's on, it's almost like an honor badge that you carry. I'm so tired. I'm so busy. You know, I'm progressing. It's all about work. And I think, yeah, I think that's something that they've done a lot of studies and, um, you know, work at the end of the day that that's not a thing that's going to make you happy right it's that it's those other things that you have in your life like your family and your friends and doing things in the nature exactly and and I think I I like to think that many of my fellow Finns would agree that what makes you happy is to do two things do the things that are meaningful for you hopefully your job could be meaningful and and thus add value uh into your happiness but just doing things that are meaningful to you and to help others so those two things really make you happy exactly exactly and it's been statistically proven so it's very interesting okay now without further ado i want to get into the dating of course yes (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, part of the reason that I run this podcast is, talk, is to talk about dating, but it's not the whole reason. Mm -hmm. But of course, I cannot release a podcast and not talk about the dating side of it. Let's do um, it. So I don't know how much you feel comfortable sharing, of course, but overall, how has your experience been with in dating, you know, Finnish men in with dating in Finland? It's been good. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to. <laughs> I just had to give you that short, nice and short Finnish way of answering. No, it's been great. Mm. I really have to say that Finnish men, in my experience, and of course, I'm going. I'm trying to uh, also gather my my friends' thoughts on this matter. But they are reli re reliable, they are very respectful, they are honest spouses and boyfriends. And I am married to one, so I should know. I thought, are you married to one? I am married, uh, but, and this is no secret, I am also divorced. And now uh -huh. remarried. I married, um, I, ma I remarried three years ago. Oh, I didn't and, know this. And my husband and I, we've been together seven years. I'm so confused. So you divorced seven mm -hmm. years ago? Uh, earlier than that. But and with then, my... Mm -hmm. Yes. And then you remarried the, a different man or the same man? Yes, I I found uh, my soulmate, who I am with now. And then I married him. So this is this is this is my second marriage, and I also want to uh, say that out loud because in Finland it's not a stigma uh, to be divorced and to get married again. And the there there are a lot of discussions about um, in your in your comments, for example, about uh, divorce and how it affects in society. But in Finland, it is. Uh, normalized and it's all about about people's well-being and being able to come out of a non-working relationship is one of those rights that we have here in Finland yeah I think that's it's so great that you know I talk to so many different cultures and there's often such a pressure to please the parents to please society um, you don't have your own money as a woman right and so you're forced to do all these things that you wouldn't do you're 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 marrying someone that potentially abuses you or you're just someone that you're incompatible with so I think that's by the way congratulations I didn't know that you were married when we met you mentioned you're a single mom and I thought okay so she's no single. I I really, I I really was married then. Oh my gosh! I really hope I didn't say that. I'm blushing now, and sure God, I'm watching through every piece of video. I didn't say that. Please say that. You what's what's your husband's name? What's his name? Larry. 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 Wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't back. say that. I think what you meant was when you that were so a funny. single when you were a single mom. So that's something different. No, no, I think because I didn't have, so when I divorced, I didn't have any kids. <laughs> Am I making it even? <laughs> You're like, who did I need in October? Is this the same person? What did I have in the bar the previous night? <laughs> okay, so full recap. So I've had, 
two long relationships in my life. And I married, uh, and also shorter ones, but I married that first husband of mine. And we didn't turn out to be a good match. So we divorced and we didn't have any kids. Then I did find my soulmate, which I'm really amazed. And I never thought that would happen. And we are happily together. We have been together for seven years and we have a five-year-old daughter. And we married three years ago. Wow. Okay, that's really my congratulations. I think nowadays, especially, it's so hard to find someone that you're compatible with. And to say that you found a soulmate is just incredible. So I had all these questions for you about the downsides of Finnish man. But I think in light of what you were you just said to me, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna let go because I don't think you have much to say in that regard. I did have. Let me just find my notes. <laughs> of course I have. <laughs> I was kind of subtly trying to bring you into the negatives. So it's like, well, if she has something to share, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, one of the things that, one of the videos that went viral for me was just Finnish women saying that, you know, if they could choose between dating a foreigner and dating a Finnish man, a lot of them would choose a foreigner simply because Finnish men are not great conversationalists and they're not very romantic. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about that? I would agree that I do buy my own flowers, which is a joke in my relationship. <laughs> Finnish men are not the world's biggest nor best gift givers. That is for sure. They do not win that title. But they are really loving spouses uh, and great great in many other ways but gift giving is not their forte let me just say this um, it is true that um, some displays of emotions um, I have also dated uh, non-Finnish men uh, they are more grand when it's a non-Finnish man in question but I I have received lot of lots of romantic gestures also from Finnish men such as such as doing a tape that is uh, full of songs that uh, come do, do this message like a, a tape? message like a, huh. like like a like a like a like a mixed song or or it's like a it's like a puzzle and i have to find those correct pieces of uh, songs and they make a message for me that was really cute that for example my husband did it's very thoughtful It is, and it's very um, kind of. I think when I think about dating or or my experiences in dating, I do feel that it's all about love and seeing that other person. That's what I am attracted to, or or that's the first thing that I that I look for is that real connection. And if they are able to see me as me, and uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, and I also think that. Many Finns would agree on this that we are we don't like to play games, and it's just very real. So when you start dating someone in North America, there is this, I I would say, terrible notion of dating around and dating around until you find the one, whatever the mm-hmm. one is, um, and until you you know, you you have the talk and then you say, we are in a committed relationship. You can date multiple people at once. Does that happen in Finland? Yes. So my 
I'm not, I don't now feel like a dinosaur because I don't know what's been going on since <laughs> seven years. But th- that has not happened to me in a way that I feel that I was ever played uh, or the person that I was interested uh, was uh, seeing um, other people when I felt that we were in a relationship. So okay. I would say that that is not such a big thing in Finland based on my experiences. One thing that really strikes awe to me in the Northern American thing is that you guys give numbers to people. Like she's a 10 or she's an eight. This is really very different, as I said politely to me. I, I, I don't recognize this system in Finland. Do you want to explain me that? Honestly, I, I hate this. And personally, just I don't relate to a lot of the North American trends. And nowadays there's this trend on TikTok. She's a 10, but she has hair under her arm on her armpits or, you know, something along those okay. lines. Is she still a 10? And I just I, I cringe. I, I'm also a bit of a dinosaur in general, <laughs> but I, I just I don't relate well to these trends of like she's a 10. She's an eight. I think that's been like that's been a thing for forever uh, mm-hmm. but now it's also on instagram and on, on socials okay. so it's even becoming amplified by social media yeah yeah i i think there's like this idea of putting people as it's like a, a bit of a commodity like people are commodity you can mm. rate them you can rank them and um yeah it just doesn't feel real very real and authentic to me mm. so in finland you don't have this No, I've never heard about it or experienced it, at least through my experiences. Interesting. And as a Finnish woman, mm-hmm. or just as a woman who's born in Finland, um, what is important for you in terms of, you know, the first stages of dating? So a lot of cultures, women will say, the man has to pay for me, or um, I'm hoping that he's going to call me um, mm-hmm. every so often or text me or check in with me. How about you? It is really about getting to know me as a person. One of the favorite things that I did with my husband was that we very early on exchanged these lists that we shared the most annoying and disgusting things of ourselves because we knew that we were go- we were so madly in love and we knew that of course this rush will die and we really wanted to To, we really wanted to make it into something that is going to last a lifetime. So we just decided that we are going to share the ugliest, nastiest thing things now so they don't come and hit us in the face when we have passed to this rushing feeling. And that was one of the most, yeah, that was one of the greatest exercises of love I have ever done because I, for example, I'm a messy person. I pile my Uh, I leave things behind. I pile my um, clothes everywhere. It's really annoying. And I can put up on a facade of uh, some months, but then it's going to going to come alive that that's me. And it was so refreshing that he knew that early on and he's actually the same. So yeah, that has never, for example, been a problem. And one thing I have to say for for. Finnish men based on my experiences is that they are they are so equal when it comes to doing chores at 
around the house. I just appreciate my husband so much. He's cleaning the kitchen. He's making dinner. He's cleaning. He's ironing. He's he's doing everything. And he's really very manly man. And he's still doing everything like this with me. So we're splitting them. And that's just amazing. And I really appreciate that. It's, I can so relate to you being messy because I'm also messy and I always forget things. This is kind of my personality and I always think, oh God, yeah. I think it's, by the way, I think it's so great that you did that when you started dating because for me, there's nothing worse than a perfect date when you're on your best behavior and you're in a restaurant. First of all, I hate restaurants date, restaurant dates. I should move to the Nordics. I really you should. Do, we don't do restaurant dates. Right? We do activity dates. Exactly. And I just think, you know, this whole idea, like in, in the US and in Canada, it's it's quite common, maybe not so much nowadays, but to go to this, you know, incredible restaurant, what happens when you do that? You're on your best behavior, you're dressed the best, you're performing, it's not real. This is not a real person. And for me, what makes someone authentically, like, genuinely attractive is seeing all those kind of quirky sides to them. And you can only see that when you're doing something that brings you together and that's not sitting in front of each other and asking each other questions, you know? So I've always, I've kind of always rebelled against that. And what you said about seeing each other and, and, you know, not just buying an expensive piece of jewelry, but actually buying something that resonates with who you are as a person. I think that's something that's so much more important because it takes effort instead of just, Oh, I'm just going to pay money and get that over with, you know? So I think it's so cool that you did that, that you wrote down, some of the the worst qualities because I also think it's funny like it's funny like I'm a messy person right they're not terrible deal breakers but it's like you all of a sudden you see this as a real person instead of just like oh I'm flawless I don't have any issues we all have sides to us that are negative or that could be deal breakers so that's great that's great yeah thank you and um so for you yeah it's important as you said in a relationship that it's someone that sees who you are that it's someone that is um that appreciates you as a person mm. like all the positive and the negative things that come with it and that the man is manly but the manliness doesn't stop him from doing the chores and doing the, the things so who cooks in your relationship is it both we're of both we both and who cleans both and who takes out the garbage I know that's a process in Finland <laughs> both as well I'm really trying to now think about what would uh what would I do and he wouldn't what about taking care of your daughter both definitely he's out now with her <laughs> <That's what laughs> doing. he chops the wood for the sauna and fireplace I don't that's what I was just going to say. I said, what if something breaks down or something that actually requires like hard labor? I would assume that he would do that. Yes, he would do that. Okay. That's quite a manly job. I mean, chopping wood. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's, yeah, yeah, that's not my forte. Such a, such a Nordic thing. Um, how did you guys meet? At work. Okay. Was he your boss or were you just working together? <laughs> no, that's actually... <laughs> <laughs> no the that's uh, no definitely not a boss and uh that's actually a big no no in finland like there's like a limit to that but we were colleagues and that's how we we uh discovered each other 
did you go did you have like a very kind of um set stages of dating so first you went on the first date then you went on the second date or how did it go <clears throat> no I, I do feel that the dating process is very casual in Finland and it is very at least with all of my relationships it's been really organically going into the different and next steps and I feel that many of of my girlfriends would think that as well there is not some rules that you have to obey in in Finland in that way is there ones uh in in Canada or in America generally speaking yeah you do have the first date second date the rule used to be don't have sex with him too soon mm-hmm. which Why I think that? It, well I think there's some sense in just the fact that you're you know you're not emotionally attached or you're mm-hmm. not emotionally you know uh connected at you know in the first second date so what drives a man's attraction is is just him wanting to have sex with you but you kind of need to develop a little bit of that emotional um closeness before mm-hmm. you jump into the sack but at the same time um i think the rule was that just don't give it up too soon otherwise he's not going to want commitment so it was a little bit mm-hmm. kind of Yeah, maybe old-fashioned if you look at it that way. Like, don't do it because you should be playing hard to get. So that I don't agree with, but I do agree with the understanding of, well, maybe build a little bit more than just the physical attraction and then kind of go for it. How mm. How is it in Finland? Yeah, that's a great question because uh, from Finnish point of view, it is really interesting this um, kind of how it sometimes might even feel that the... Um, that the American may one might be that you are kind of blackmailing with sex game playing yeah like like uh, making it into a game and and for at least for me uh when it comes to finding your true love or or love in general it just feels that is it's again it doesn't go into that Uh, that I'm here and I see you and I want to get to know you. It is like I'm on this role and we are we are kind of uh, having this game between each other. And it doesn't feel very authentic to me. And in the Finnish uh, dating life, it is okay to for the couple to have sex whenever they uh, feel like it. And it's also very on equal terms. Uh, any either the woman or or the man, either one of them in any style of relationship can uh, suggest it. And it is not felt, I don't feel that there is any rules to it, that you should wait for the third date, for example. Yeah, I think it's a great way that you put it. It's it is like blackmailing. It's like when you're in a relationship and the guy doesn't do the dishes and you say, I'm not going to have sex with you until you do the dishes. You know, and it's like, oh, okay. So is that mm. something you don't want as a woman? Is it just him that wants sex? Yeah, it it really it really is a different mindset because because don't don't you don't you the ladies don't you want to have sex? You're you you're making also yourself wait for let's say like if if there was a person who would be. Uh, doing this kind of I will make him wait for three months then you are also waiting for three months and what if the sex is really bad then wouldn't you want to have a relationship with someone who you connect also sexually 
then you wasted three months of your life for something that is not going to be compatible through the all aspects of your relationship. Yeah. I so think that's a, what I'm yeah. wondering. That's a great point. I think there's a fear that if you have sex too soon, the man is just going to get up and leave. And I think the more it happens to you as a woman, uh-huh. the more you you close yourself off from that because you think, oh, this equals that. It might not necessarily. Maybe the mm-hmm. men were not that interested in you. And the whole reason that they dated you was to get sex. And then they left once they did. And mm-hmm. But now in your mind, the association is sex equals I'm alone again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So... But you're right. Like you're right. It's it's such a weird uh, dynamic of like <clears throat> the woman just has sex to secure a man. Does she not actually enjoy it? Yeah, there there are. It's puzzling me. It's puzzling me a lot in terms of um, how I think. Of course, I cannot speak for all the ladies in Finland, but as we come on such equal terms into the relationship, when we enter it in such equal terms, it does make me wonder a lot about the dynamics of the relationship that is being put to life in the first place and how how it can really function. How do we go from that role-playing into actually just being ourselves and for the other person to really love us with all our faults and just seeing the really raw naked me here yeah and 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 I love that in Finland like there's I feel like you don't have the role-playing you're right like there's a lot less of it I mean from the from the first date um you both come in and you're not doing some crazy expensive restaurant where the man pays for you. And so the man pays for you and you have to play your part. And there's an expectation of you to be a certain way. And then there's an expectation of you to act a certain kind of role within the relationship. So I think like a lot of cultures, they're so limited by what they can and cannot do. You know, for example, like in Latin America, as a woman, you're told don't have sex until you're married, make the man work for it. It's all about make the man work for it. And so it puts the man in a kind of role where he's the only one, first of all, that wants sex, but also to keep him, you have mm. to act a certain way. When when it comes to your friends or when it comes to yourself, is it common to for the woman to approach a man that she doesn't know, let's say in a bar or in a club, and just to kind of hit on him and, and to initiate the whole, um, you know, let's go to my place and let's have some drinks at my place. Or is that still a little bit taboo? No, I don't think that's taboo at all. In Finland, uh, either one of the partners can suggest this. And I do think that it's very normal for for ladies to do this too. And it can go as, as you described. And have you known of that to then become a relationship so they go home to hers they have sex it's a one night stand but then they end up in a relationship afterwards yes i i know several of those couples and i also know a lot of situations that were just uh, a really good meeting of two persons and then they went on their separate ways so it is those both of those things i get i guess in finland so if you're a foreigner coming to finland mm-hmm. then just kind of go for it if you like someone that's not gonna there's no stigma right is there yes. in north america we have this saying of like uh, the walk of shame do you know what the walk of shame is <laughs> i do know that 
And I'm really not thinking that we don't have a word for it. Isn't it that cool? That is cool, yeah. Uh, I, I had a friend, we were playing a game and I remember he he's Turkish and that phrase came up and was like, have you ever had a walk of shame? And he went really literal and he said, but why is it shameful? I what is shameful about it and then we had to explain and and I was like actually what why is it shameful because yeah you just had sex is that we shameful? don't <laughs> we don't have a word for it how did you learn about sex was it taught yeah. to you in school I love that we are talking about this because I'm very comfortable in talking about this because I'm really proud of it my mom uh told me about it and we've had very good discussions from I can remember from age 10 onwards about sex and about being a woman and I'm so appreciative to my mom for all of those things uh, she has really been a rock in my life and was she very open with you when talking about this yes she has been the best okay. I've never I've never feel felt shamed of my sexuality or if I've ever had a question about anything I was also always uh, being taken care of in that way that she was there for me and I could ask what, whatever. How old were you when you found out? About sex. I don't remember, but I do remember like really good discussions at, when I was in, when, at the age of 10 to 12 at the car when we were, we were driving from my ballet lessons and she would talk about things and we would, we would share and I would ask. Yeah. That's so great. And have you, I mean, your, your daughter is five years old, so you probably yes. haven't gotten into it yet. Or are you teaching her a little bit already? Uh, we haven't talked about uh, sex uh, in, in the correct terms, but she does know that uh, uh, the babies come from vagina and it's in the belly. Uh, we haven't disclosed it in in much detail before what happens but she does know that does she um, know the proper name for it or just you say like oh, no no the girls willy yeah willy well, i don't know the, the name for it but like a cute cute uh, exactly kid, kid version exactly. of it cute kid kid version for that but that's of course that's not sex but but she is interested in in seeing uh, all pregnant women women and she's interested how she uh came to the world so of course I'm I'm sharing it and not hiding it, but not I haven't specifically talked about sex, but I will when she is uh, when she when she is uh, old enough in that way. And I, my viewpoint is to talk it early. It's not uh, anything that she ever needs to feel uncomfortable with. Yeah, I have a friend and when her period started, granted, she knew what it was, but it wasn't because her mom explained anything. So when her period started, she said, Mom, Mom, what do I do? And the mom said, just like you got your period. And she just walked out. Aww. And she, the mom would just bark at her, say like, shave your armpits or those kind of things. And now she's struggling. She's seeing a therapist and she just says like, I always wish I was a boy. It just would have been easier because mm. she just never had her mom there to explain things to her. And she, she didn't know. You know, like a lot of girls, when they have their first period, they don't know what it is. Are they dying? They have nobody to ask. And the parents are such a huge influence on the kid, you know, and if they say this is dirty, this is bad, or you should wait until marriage, but why to have sex, you know, and, and it's just not, but you shouldn't. And 
there is a taboo associated with sex. And um, we just did a, a Middle Eastern video and we talked about mm -hmm. this. And they said that even when it comes time to have sex, there's mm -hmm. such a taboo ingrained in their in their body of like this is wrong and you're always torn in three different ways of what my parents want what the god wants what do i want mm -hmm. is this taboo is this normal so i think it's i think it's so great about the finnish culture and like about you know your your um childhood is that your mom didn't say okay well just i don't want to talk about this or like she actually talked to you about it so you grew up and you're like this is normal this is healthy there's nothing bad about it it's not like you're not you know you're gonna go off and have a lot of sex if you know what sex is like that's such a misunderstanding right exactly i feel that the finnish approach is very pragmatic and explaining the things as 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 it as they are we do have also a lot of uh, great uh, children books in the library for different aged groups to explain these things so we can easily uh, use even literature to advise us as parents and of course lots of also uh, good websites to to check how to give some ideas how to go about it okay so we're gonna wrap up really shortly but i do want to ask you the last question and this is of course about nudity because it was a huge topic in the video and the video went viral everyone had an opinion about finnish nudity whether it was right or wrong or you know people have their own opinions but it was such an interesting topic that i just i think i published so many videos um with our conversation uh about nudity so Let's talk a little bit more about it. So there is a comfort around being nude in Finland, right? There definitely is. There's nothing sexual about being in the sauna and being and about being naked there. Mm -hmm. And when you grew up, when you were growing up, did you see nudity around you on TV? Was it kind of like the idea that being nude is normal, there's nothing to be ashamed of? Was that part of your childhood? I don't think that kind of nudity is, is displayed in Finnish TV any more than in any Western country. Of course, there can be sometimes uh, people in the sauna advertisements, for example, and then you see them using towel, towels or you see men having just towels uh, uh, so that their upper part of their body is uh, naked. But nothing in that sense. But I do feel that when we grow uh, up in Finland, we see a lot of um, nudity in, uh, for example, in swimming halls. So in this public swimming places among your same sex, you are going to see a lot of different bodies uh, that normalize that whole body kind of image thing. And I think that's really healthy. And they say that like nudity in the sauna is not sexual. That's the one takeaway that I got from my finished video like yes don't Never. get too excited and no. then of course the viewers were like oh my god I'm buying a ticket to Finland and I'm like no it's not sexual <laughs> it's it's really not and I have to I have to share I was uh in my 20s I was in Switzerland I and I was in a spa where you were naked among everybody a, mm. a mixed naked experience in a Swiss spa and I as a Finn can you believe I felt really uncomfortable why is that because it was it was not my style of nudity uh, I don't go to sw to swim naked with all 
strangers who are naked besides me. Uh, I just go in the sauna mm, naked uh, with my family. Um, I do go naked among my own. Like it's a, like a, I know that it's like a safe space because I know it's it's a, among my own sex and I feel comfortable. That was hard for me to be walking there naked. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I think they just recently. I don't know if you know about this, but in Berlin they approved um, the bill that, that passed that women can now swim topless in the swimming pool, and people are like, "Yeah, go Berlin." And I'm like. I don't know that I'd feel comfortable doing that, like swimming naked in, or I think swimming topless it was in a swimming mm. pool with random men and people mm. in it. So I'm not sure. I do feel from a Finnish point of view that in Germany, there is a bigger nudity uh, scene compared to Finland. For example, it's very rare to see a topless lady on a beach in Finland, very rare. Mm. And they would be, they wouldn't be like, no, that's disgusting, but they, it would be kind of like, that's very unusual. Mm. So it is, a, it is a really peculiar, peculiar thing that you feel so natural in the, in the women's changing room, in the women's sauna, but then to go out of the box and to be topless at a public swimming uh, beach in Finland, that would feel strange. I think on this note, we we've basically kind of dived into all the questions that I had and I can keep talking to you for, I think, a couple of more hours about this because I'm genuinely so curious and you have such an interesting way of explaining things and, you know, really like it resonates with me and I think it would resonate with a lot of people that are listening to this. But I know you have to get to your daughter and your husband that's sitting there with your daughter. Um, and I wanted to thank you for your time. And if to, you know, for anyone that's listening to this or that's watching this, I'm going to link to Varpu's uh, Instagram page and her YouTube channel in case you are interested in the Finnish culture and Finnish language and just want to see more of her smiley face go and check her out she really is as smiley in person it's not a facade guys she is like a really you're like a really just you radiate energy like happy energy which is so great thank you so much for for hanging out with me for over an hour at this point we went as far as we could into it so thanks thanks again thank you so much and i hope you return to finland and i'll be happy to show you around much much more mm. Yeah, same. I'll actually be in Sweden in three weeks. So I'll give you a wave across the water. <laughs> You're on hi. the wrong side, but okay. <laughs> okay, well, it was lovely to have you and chat to you offline. Um, yes, it really was. Okay. Thank you so much for having bye, me. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.